The 2012 fire season was one of the busiest in the northeast of Canada. It hadn't been this bad for a few years, but that was about to change. Hi, I'm Chris May, host of This Day in Weather History, a podcast from the Weather Network in Canada. The number of fires and the area burnt was not a record high necessarily for the region, but what differentiated it was what and who it affected. These were moving in on urban city centers this day in weather history. Ontario fire rangers and forest firefighters from across Canada were called in to support local fighters in battling what amounted to 948 wildfires across the Northeast in this 2012 season. But things were different this year. The stakes were much higher and the margin for error was at an all-time low. These fires were encroaching on the Timmins and Kirkland Lake areas. It was called the Timmins Nine Fire and it was the province's largest fire of the season. The Timmins 9 grew to 39,524 hectares, resulting in the evacuations of areas around both Timmins and Gogama. Evacuations had also been underway in Kirkland Lake. This was the largest wildfire this area had experienced in decades. It was closing in on city centers, so it was now national headlines. It is still unknown what sparked the blaze on May 20th in 2012, but I have a sneaky suspicion that the hot, dry start to the season was a catalyst. What made this fire all the more dangerous was that there were strong gusty winds prevailing at the time of the fires when they started to help flume them or flare them up, and the wind direction was directed into the populated areas, and that was the naturally occurring recipe for potential disaster. Enter the Ministry of Natural Resources Fire Units. They, along with a battalion of local, provincial, and municipal police services and city elected officials, staged a massive, coordinated effort to evacuate those at risk and then get this blaze contained and controlled as soon as possible. Remember that this day in weather history can be enjoyed a number of ways. Right now, you are listening to the full version of today's story on your favorite podcast provider. But there is also the daily podcast video short. They are shot right here in my podcast recording studio, so you get that perspective. And oftentimes, they will include visuals from that day's event, from when it happened, in weather history. So after listening to the full story, go check out the podcast video short on television or online anytime at theweathernetwork.com forward slash weather history. And just to dovetail from that, if I can, I'd like to remind you where you can catch this podcast. If you might be picking this up off our site or from within a story, you can look up or ask for This Day in Weather History, wherever you normally listen to your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, and now every day on yahoo.ca. Thanks to this team effort, the fire was deemed at least under control in only a little over two weeks following its most expansive spread. But it would take closer to six months before MNR officials could officially declare the fire out. And in October, shortly before this welcome declaration was issued, it was estimated that the fires had already cost $154 million. But the total was to climb higher after surveys were carried out in the months that followed. It was as expensive as it was because it encompassed a total tally of 53,935 hectares with three quarters of that just in the Timmins 9 fire alone. Timmins 9 rang in at 39,540 hectares and because it involved Timmins, the Ministry of Natural Resources was forced to call in as many fire crews as possible to battle the blaze 
America's people's lives, homes, property, and businesses were all at stake. It was accounted for that the Timmins 9 fire required a total of over 8,000 person days to squelch. What does that mean? If you add up all the hours worked by the, as I just said, as many fire crews as possible, you add all those hours up, it would equate collectively to 8,097 hours. But on top of that was the equipment and the aircraft. They needed to use six bird dog aircraft, 12 CL-415 water bombers, and three twin otters for aerial attack on the fire. In all, it was estimated to have required more than 830,000 liters of water and more than 4 million liters of foam to put out the Timmins 9 fire that included the events that happened on this day in weather history. Tomorrow is May 24th, and we will be investigating a devastating tornado that tore through the small town of Union City, Oklahoma, back in 1973. But bigger than the storm itself, this gave rise to a quantum leap in the development of weather radar. It sounds like a big deal and one worthy of you being right here tomorrow for what happened on this day in weather history with me, your host, Chris May.